The audio you're about to hear is ridiculous to the highest extent of the law. The views depicted on this podcast were shot prior to the current week. Any views spoken of may have already changed and are therefore obsolete. Marks beware, we do not care. Your discretion is advised. Yo, welcome to Wrestle Me. After a crazy night. <laughs> Some... Crazy ass wrestling. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and give our review of Double or Nothing 2022. My name is Nico. This Over is here. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> but, uh, so we're here to to go ahead and and give you all our review. We already gave you our picks for who we thought were gonna win. Um, now we've watched the pay per view as, as you probably have also. And we're going to go ahead and get into it. So, um, without further ado, here we go. AW Double or Nothing 2022. Uh, so, uh, it started off with um, the buy-in. If you watch the buy-in, which I'm more than likely sure most people did. Um, it was Hookhausen versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Uh, for me, this was, you know, it was what it, it is what it is. It was a buy-in match. There wasn't anything that was supposed to be super spectacular about it. I did think that um, that Hook was going to wrestle a little bit more than he actually did against Tony Nese, but I don't know. He's basically built like a like a like a monster that that no one can really get. Uh, but I mean, was what it was. Dan, your thoughts? Um, I did not like this match at all, and I think <laughs> that's my fault for uh, setting my expectations a bit higher than what I um. Than what was shown here, but uh, I really wanted to see Hook and Tony Nese go at it, uh, just because Tony Nese is just a more polished wrestler than some of the other guys that Hook has been working with, and I feel like there wasn't enough uh, that Hook showed in this match. the The whole element with Mark Sterling and Danhausen just kind of ruined it for me, just because. I'd like to see more of a serious match and having those two guys in there is you know, that's definitely not what you're going to get. Um, and I just felt like it should have been hook versus Tony Nice one-on-one. Um, and you know, if there's been some talk about hook possibly being limited, what he can do in the ring, but that's why you fucking put him on the, the buy-in so that, you know, it's not on the main show. He really fucks up, but, I mean, come on, we all know he's green in some in some way, so uh, I was just disappointed. Um, I hope this hook housing thing doesn't continue, but it is what it is, like you said. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is going to continue for a little while. Um, maybe eventually it'll just be Dan Housing being like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is with Hook. Um, I, think, I think he might be a little limited in what he can actually do in the ring, only because of you know he was a little green when he was doing that um that match or the feud with Darby Allen and Singh um back when it happened and so far they've only been putting him in in these little squash matches now he he does suplexes like a son bitch but like we haven't really seen him do anything else so it's like why are they putting him with Danhausen Danhausen I mean it's it's entertaining I won't say not, nothing about that but it's just yeah, it's a little 
And a little, little suspect. Another thing that was a little suspect, though, was the next match. Everything following up to it. Because uh, the, the, to start off the actual Double Nothing event, they had MGF versus Wardlow. Uh, this was a, a big match I was looking forward to. Um, and it's something that uh, I was actually you know, kind of excited about, but it kind of threw me off was everything that was happening beforehand. We kept hearing reports that MGF was getting to the airport. He, didn't, he did a no-show on the Fan Access or Fan Expo. Um, and he booked a flight out of Las Vegas. Um, which actually I had actually heard reports that that was a lie that he told that he actually, that MGF leaked himself. So more than likely we got worked, but, um, nevertheless, the match went probably just just a little different than I thought it was going to be. It was a complete squash match against MJF. Fucking Wardlow did 10 fucking power bombs to him. Um, MJF even tried to cheat, but the, 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 he got caught by the referee and Wardlow, which is actually, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, 10 power bombs later, MJF is lying on the ground, putting it on stretcher, taken out. Wardlow wins, and Wardlow becomes all elite. Um, it's a decent match. Uh, not decent, like it wasn't a classic or anything, but it finished up the story between MJF and Wardlow. Um, so yeah. That's... I I thought it was um decent as well. Um I'm surprised I was surprised that they were kicking it off with MJF, but of course a lot of the the talk about the pay-per-view was because of that situation that you brought up. And honestly, I I think it's legit, but I definitely feel like MJF added to it um just because he probably saw people talking about it. Um but like the match did what it was supposed to do. Uh, I was surprised. I thought MJF was gonna get some more offense, um, but it just didn't seem like uh, like he did as much. But Warlow hit him with those ten power bombs uh, and pinned him. And I don't know, man. I just felt kind of underwhelmed when the match ended a bit, uh, just because I was expecting some more. Like I said, more offense from MJF, um, but. I'm interested to see, though, uh, where they go from here with MJF uh, and that whole situation and how they kind of position Warlow to keep uh, gaining some more momentum, which um, I hope they really don't fuck that up because he's uh, he gives me like those young Batista vibes where he could be, uh, you know, just a fucking beast. Um, um, he could be the next TNT champion for all we know. Um, I don't think that. You know, CM Punk is going to be relinquishing that championship anytime soon, but um, Scorpio Sky could could be losing his title for a while, for like pretty quickly. I can I don't see him holding it on too long. Um, but I agree, he's not taking it off of Punk. Um, <laughs> I'd like to see him take it off Scorpio Sky. They already had that match, but I believe MJF interfered in that, cost him that, or Sean Spears did something like that. So. Uh, maybe they run it back. Who knows? There's a story there. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. But um, the Wardlow match, it did what it had to do. It was just kind of weird, though, that they started off the pay-per-view with that match, especially if they knew that's how it was going to go down. So that kind of makes you feel like 
like the stuff with MJF is is somewhat more real too. So I don't know. Like for that, for me, the MJF stuff, all that kind of drama, kind of threw me off. Um, but maybe it's what it's created. It's what created the heat the MJF was getting when he first um showed up to Double or Nothing. Because I mean, man, people were booing the shit out of him. There were some. And- also i brought up a spot when it happened when we were watching it um he did when he got in the ring he did like a like an airplane kind of you know taunt or whatever uh at first i thought he was doing like some kind of disrespect to owen hart you know the blue blazer or whatever because he would do it like that but he did that because of the you know the rumors about the plane about him leaving uh, bef- you know, the day before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was pretty funny. I had seen it online, and that's actually what he was referencing. But I thought it was something completely else. Like I completely missed uh, <laughs> that. You know, knowing what yeah. I knew about the situation. So yeah, I, I, I mean, MJ is an asshole, but I don't think he'll disrespect Don Hart like that. Like I think there's a boundary. I think he would, especially for like what's going on that night. That's why I thought he was doing it, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I th- I thought that they were gonna start it off maybe with the the Young Bucks and the Hardys, which was actually our next match. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about that one then. So um, to start off the next one, it's it's the Young Bucks and the Hardys, which kind of feels like this is actually the real start of the show because that MGF Wardlow stuff was just like a it was that was just story driven. Wardlow gets his redemption; he's all elite. MJF got fucked up, so we'll see what happens there. But Young Bucks and the Hardys. Now this one, oh man, I was so disappointed with this match, and I think it makes I I see why they put it right here because after you have the MJF Wardlow like one sided fight, you want to go to something else, high impact, high like a lot of energy, um, something that can potentially become a five-star match and it just did not hit the mark at all um well i mean you can argue that the ending like the last five minutes of the match actually um picked up picked it up uh for me it was already ruined by that point i feel like the young bucks were being a little bit too young bucky in the beginning and jeff and matt were just kind of hesitant slow hard to hard to actually catch up and i feel like that attributes to well matt just being he's already beaten up i mean he can he can barely stand up half the time um it sucks to see i know that's something of issue i'm not trying to be disrespectful or anything it's just what i see Uh, and then jeff hardy just seemed like he was hurting throughout the whole match and it's just you know how long can can matt and jeff really go at this point and uh it actually is his boot um jeff hardy's boot did end up busting in the middle of the match would make would make things harder for him um i just think it was a sloppy match very underperformed um I, the bucks couldn't pick up the slack that the hardys were leaving them um they had a good ending but i don't know it was just for me it was just a flop of a match for me Yep. Um, for me, it was hard to watch that first half of it. Uh, like you were saying, Jeff Hardy just 
he just looks hurt. And I've said it before, and because that's how he looked even towards the end of his WWE run. Like, is he really, is he really hurting, or is he just doing a good job at selling it? Because it just seems like when he climbs up to the top rope or whatever, he just seems real hurt and tired. Like, is he just really good at it, or is he fucking? really hurt i don't know but it just makes it seem like the match is sloppy uh but that first part uh, because in the second part they started to pick it up a bit i felt uh it was just hard to watch i was disappointed in this match because i thought it possibly could have been the best match of the night but um man and then i i knew the hardys would win i felt like they were gonna try to position them for a possible title run in the future um, but I just, I know they're going to have another match at some point where they'll put over the bucks, but it just, it just didn't do it for me. And another reason why this, uh, pay-per-view was, uh, disappointing as it was. Yeah. And then, um, what makes it even harder for this pay-per-view for me is just that first match was good, not great. First match should always be great. So you're looking forward to the second match. Second match was, it should have been great. On paper, it, should, it was great. But the execution wasn't there, so it was a little bit of a dud. And then you come to the third match, which was just put together out of nowhere. Like, there's no real buildup. Yes, they had a, a match before, but it was the TBS Championship match, Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Yes, they had a match before. I'm sorry, Anna Jay, like, her time to shine, like I said before, even when the Dark Order was at its height, she still wasn't anything there. But that was, again, I didn't say this the last time, but she had the injury bug that at that point in time. So, I don't know. It was, it was an underwhelming match. It really didn't do anything for me. Not much going on. I did like that Statlander came out at the end. The best thing, yes, the best thing that actually happened in this match was not even during the match, but after the match ended and that's when um what did they call her athena athena Athena. when athena showed up because that just makes you feel like AEW women's division is gonna come on up they're starting to get more and more talented women and not um not ones that are too green um to actually do anything like on tv so Bring on Athena. I'm all for that. So that was that was the best thing about that match. Not even the beginning. The end. The end it's... aftermath. And then don't forget about um Stokely Hathaway, aka Malcolm Bivens, coming out uh during the match, distracting Anna Jay, allowing Cargo to win that match. Um he I, I, I liked him, you know. I wouldn't say I'm a big fan, but I liked him in NXT. And it looks like he's going to be a mouthpiece for, um, you know, Jade Cargill stable or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm, in- I'm interested to see that. That wasn't terrible. Um, no. And Athena, Athena, a.k.a. Ember Moon, formerly known as Ember Moon in WWE. Um, she's going to add something to the division. Um, but... It's not the best signing, I think, but it's definitely going to add something to it. Another credible, um, you know, women wrestler that they're going to have on their roster as they continue to try to 
make that division into something. And that might have been the most positive thing coming out of this pay-per-view, in my opinion, besides um, fucking CM Punk winning the title, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, man, this this match was just Sorry. unnecessary. Endless. You know, they could have done like a Jade Cargo promo and then Athena come out or some shit if that's what they wanted to do. Uh, but Anna Jay is like a glorified fucking summer ray. Um, <laughs> and she's, she, I don't want to talk about this match anymore. Man. <laughs> Dude, I, I, it was sloppy. It was a sloppy match. And um, the ending didn't even save the match. I still think the match was crap, but it was just that the ending was nice. Um, we'll talk more about uh, Chris Statlander in a bit. But um, the next match. Pleasantly surprised. I hate trios matches, dude. I've not said it many times already at this point. I hate trios matches. The House of Black versus Death Triangle, though, fucking awesome. And um, I feel like the reason why was how they kind of structured the match. Because even in the beginning, it, the they started it off. I think it was Ray Phoenix and Buddy Murphy to start off the match. Um, they tag out, and when they tag out, it's a new set of opponents. So you see different. A different matchup and you're seeing it against uh it's penta and uh malachi black and then once they're done tag out and then it's Pac and brody king and you see a different matchup and right. then shit breaks loose and everyone's fucking everywhere texas tornado match uh is going on rick knox looks like a fucking idiot <laughs> doesn't know what's going on bury the ref <laughs> just just burying the ref right now but but uh, they're they're going at it. It's all crazy, and then it slows down a little bit again. Kind of like lets you lets you breathe a little bit. They're in the they're they're back in the ring doing regular tag match shit. Um, and so I like that that structure of the match. It actually um, helped this trios match because it felt a, a match that can be super chaotic when it they they made it chaotic when it had to be, not chaotic for the sense of just. Because everyone wants to do their own shit, you know? Right. So this match was actually really great. The finish... Uh, so at the finish of the match, um, what is her name? Julia Hart. They black out. They, they, the infamous blackout that Tony Khan fucking loves to do um, happens when uh, Pac is on the top rope, about to hit uh, Malachi Black uh, with the... Black Arrow, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Black Arrow. Black Arrow she comes out, and yeah, then Julia Hart pops up after the blackout comes on. She spits in the face of people who are not cool. No, I'm just kidding. Of uh, Pac, and then <laughs> he, he falls down. They lose the match. Julia Hart has finally turned. Um, I don't necessarily think they needed that in the match. Um, thinking back to it though. It didn't kill the match completely, as I was saying last night. Um, it was still a great match. Honestly, if I want to look back, back, this is probably one of the matches I can probably look at, watch again, um, which was awesome. I was just happy at this point that there was, an, there was a good match because MJ at the Wardlow, it was what it was. Dud by the Young Bucks and the Hardys. Another dud by Jade Cargo and MJ. This match was great. Um, 
I thought it was uh, better than I was expecting because, uh, as we talked about, six-man tags are the worst. But um, mm. it, it ended up being better than I thought. And it ended up being a good match. Uh, I saw the Julia Hart thing coming, but then they've kind of milked it for a while now. So I, at some point, I was feeling like maybe it wouldn't. Uh, but she's officially with that stable, which should be interesting uh, to see. And, you know, this six-man, I mean, it had Malachi Black, you know, Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews, um, Ray Phoenix and Penta, even Pac, who all do crazy things um, and are super good in the ring. So uh, I don't know how I didn't expect it to be as good as it was, but I was definitely surprised. And... If it wasn't for the good that how good the match was, man, I wouldn't have given a shit about this match at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they definitely didn't need that at the end though with Julia Hart. Uh, but you know, maybe they could have done it after the match since they want to do something after the match all the time, anyways. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was what it was. It was good, better than some of the other shit shows that were on this show, as we will get to it. But yes. um, and yeah. uh, so that was that was the match. It was it was a great match. I liked it. The next match though is finally concluding the men's Owen Hart Foundation tournament final. So that's Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Um this match was a good match. Uh there's not really much to say about it. Uh the fight between Samoa Joe and Adam Cole was great. Um Joe was selling a, a shoulder injury. Uh, which helped make it more believable for Adam Cole to kind of get the upper hand on Joe. Um, I thought it was really well done. And Adam Cole ended up becoming the winner. Kind of feel like he, he let us know ahead of time, dressing up in pink. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's all good. So Owen Hart was the winner of the, of the men's Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Did you say Owen Hart won the Owen Hart Not, tournament? Could have sworn I said Adam Cole, but... Oh, sorry. I, I, I could have said Owen Hart, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could have, like, I don't put it past myself. <laughs> well, I thought that they did a good job as far as uh, making Joe look strong at the beginning, uh, you know, just kind of dominating the match. But uh, I knew that Adam Cole wouldn't. I knew that he probably was going to win, but that he wasn't going to beat him clean, uh, that there'd be some kind of interference. And I believe you said that you thought Jay Lethal. Yes, I did. Uh, was going to interfere, and that was believable. Um, definitely was better than what Jay Lethal would have added to that. Made more sense. Um, and like I said, he's, he wasn't going to beat him clean. He shouldn't beat him clean, I felt. And Adam Cole's the heel, so um, I thought it made sense. And Adam Cole being the first ever winner, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to do this every year now. Um this was probably one of the better matches on the card, um, and mm -hmm. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, nothing, nothing much to say more than it was a great match. Oh, a good match, good match. I wouldn't say great, good match. Right. Um, so the next match after that, you know, we gotta get the the finale over with this one. It was the Women's Own Heart Foundation tournament um, finale with Doctor Britt Baker, D and D versus Ruby Soho. Uh, um, now. This is what we thought. We were we we both watched the event together. Um, so we talked about on this la on the last episode that 
you know, Ruby winning over Statlander was a mistake. Seemed like a mistake, too, because everyone booed the shit out of her. Now, either people have short-term memory or fucking AW did an audible, called up Branson and was like, yo, we need you to do a live set of the Ruby Soho <laughs> song so that we can get some heat off Ruby Soho because they ain't going to boo Rancid, buddy. Because that's what I think. I love Rancid. And I was fucking, I was dope, dude. I fucking loved seeing that shit. But, you know, everyone's singing the song, having a good time. It's like everyone forgot that Chris Statlander should have been the one to win that last match. That Chris Statlander should have been the one to go over. But she wasn't. And it was Ruby Soho. So Statlander seems like she's going to be in some type of trios um, feud with herself, Athena, and Anna Jay against the baddies. I'm sure that's going to be fucking phenomenal. But um, Britt Baker, Ruby Soho match, outside of the first fucking, uh, you know, rancid playing, it was an okay match. It wasn't too great, it wasn't too bad. Um, I don't know. Ruby Soho just, I was saying it throughout the whole time. I was like, I feel like Ruby Soho just needs to get punched in the face. Like a real good, like just punch so she can wake up and start laying some shit in. Cause she just seems like she's, she's being overly safe, like overly cautious in the match. Cause all her hits look like she's barely tapping them. And it, and that's the problem I have with the women's division in AEW, everyone seems like they're just holding too much back. Like it's not, it doesn't look legit enough. And that's why I liked that Tony Storm uh, match from a couple weeks back on Rampage. But um, yeah, I mean, what, uh, there's not much I can say. I, um, I thought that Ruby was going to start working on the hand of uh, Britt Baker to make it, you know, make it hard for her to do the, the lockjaw, but no, 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 no. It was just, it was an okay match. It was, uh, could have been better. It it was okay. It was an okay match, but what they did and what came out of this match was just absolutely fucking terrible because not only did they blow a chance for Ruby Soho to be a top heel in their women's division, you know, Continuing from what happened on Rampage. Um, and now I'm starting to think that even if Rancid wasn't out there playing for her, getting this crowd going, that they still would have played along and cheered for Ruby Soho because these fans just play along every single time. So yeah. not only could they have capitalized from that, Ruby Soho could have cheated to win. Beating Britt Baker. I'm not saying Britt Baker was the worst choice to win. Um, no. I, I'm okay with it. But with what happened on Rampage, there definitely should have been an audible called because it's obvious that they still wanted Ruby Soho going into that match being the the um, the babyface. But, man, not only does this affect Ruby Soho because she just lost this fucking match. Mm. So what does that do for her? She's still a babyface, and she's going to get lost in the shuffle again until a couple months from now, she's going to get hyped up into another match, and she's going to fucking lose that too, and nobody's going to give a shit, 
And then Chris Statlander is doing this thing now with uh, the baddies, apparently, and that shit. Another six-man tag we have to watch. Um, <laughs> and they could have so capitalized on her. She's already over, but she could have been launched to be even more over than what she is now. Yep. So not only it affects both of these women. And Statlander is just, I can already see it. She's going to get lost in the six man or six woman tag uh, because there's too many moving parts. Um, and I'm just so fucking over it. I was finally starting to, you know, get behind Statlander a little bit, Ruby Soho a little bit, and I'm just so fucking done with it. Congrats to Britt Baker, the only yeah. one who benefited off of this, apparently. Um, but yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Yeah, then they had the, after that match, they had the actual presentation of the titles, or I don't know what they are. They're just championship belts that they're going to hold, I guess. I don't know. We'll see on, on Wednesday. Um, but yeah, the championships, and Britt Baker and Adam Cole had a weird, awkward kiss. It felt like 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 they didn't, want, like they didn't know if they should kiss or not. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> but that shit happened. They're going to like give them trophies to... Uh, walk around with like um, like slammies or some shit. Just fucking like Owen did. Like Owen did. That would have made some more sense, I thought. But I don't know if these belts are gonna be defended or if they're just props for. I don't even know. I think they're just props until like the next year. Like they hold on to it till the next year. Maybe I don't know. Like I said, we'll see on Wednesday. I know that they get, the big ass trophy is gonna have their name engraved on it. So there's that. Now after that, um, bit of. Detail. Actually, I heard that Tony Khan purchased an extra hour of pay per view time just for that uh, segment for um, uh, Dr. Hart's um, speech. As if he hadn't already added, you know, enough to this pay per view. <laughs> Dude, 12 matches is a lot. So those two matches, and after that, we come back, and it's, uh, it's another trio's match. It's the trio's mixed match. Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, Men of the Year, and Paige Van Zandt versus Sammy Guevara, Frank Kazarian, and Ty Conti. Now, I don't, I don't know what this match was, man. It was so weirdly booked to go into it. Um, I didn't give two shits about this match. It was so, it was everywhere. I thought at one point that they were going to have a hot tag for Paige Van Zandt to come in, beat Ty Conti down, and then. One, two, three. I mean, Paige Van Zandt is a former mixed martial arts fighter. She, I think, is currently or quite recently uh, fights in, in um, bare-knuckle fighting, which is fucking brutal as fuck. Um, but no, like, it's, she just, she was just there. This was just her first match. Just a green wrestler trying, you know, on one of the biggest shows of AW. It just, wasn't the the whole relationship with Frank Kazarian and Sam McVarr and Ty Conti it was just uh, strained and then Sammy gives away the finish on Twitter before the fucking event so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I don't know man I don't know it's uh I don't give a shit about this match and I'm just glad that Scorpio Sky is going to get away from Sammy finally and Frankie Kazarian. Yes. Who I don't give a shit a bit about anymore. 
and Ty Conti, who's just uh, there because she's dating Sammy. If not, she'd be hanging around with Anna Jay in her match. Um, she'd still just be that Brazilian wrestler. Yeah, man. So I have nothing to say else about this match besides I don't give a fuck about it. And I'm glad Sky is out of this whole thing with Sammy. I will say this much, though. This can only be... I feel like after this, it's only up for Sami Zayn. Oh, Sami Zayn. Fucking shit. I tried so hard not to say that this whole uh, downtime. <laughs> Sami Guevara. I think it's only up from here. The reason I say that is because now he can finally be a fucking heel. I feel like the crowd even was confused because when you were listening, like if you're watching the match, you're listening into the crowd. It's like they didn't know what the fuck to do. Like they weren't, they were, do they cheer Frankie Kazarian? Do they boo him because he's with Sammy? Do they boo fucking men of the year? Or do they cheer them because he's beating, they're beating up on, on Sammy Guevara? Like what the fuck was even this match? I don't so, even know. It's, it was a it was a weird match. I, I didn't Tell like you it. what it was. What was it? Was it? another reason why this pay-per-view was what it was. Yes. This is, oh man. By far now let's let's see about that right now. We'll talk more about this pay-per-view as a whole once we're done with this shit. Um but yeah, not a great match. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um yeah, fucking it was what it was. But uh, Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Page Van Zandt defeated Sammy Guevara, as we said. Um, later on the night, uh, it's found out that, uh, oh shit, fucking Blake Griffin is going to go after the belt against Scorpio Sky on Wednesday, I think. Or was it Rampage? <laughs> I forget his name. That's why. <laughs> Dante Who Martin. Knows? It Dante might be Martin. on YouTube, man. <laughs> oh, it might be on Dark Elevation. Nah. <laughs> Don't. Don't 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 uh not watch dark. It's it's such great shit. Anyways, <laughs> um, moving on to the next match. Um, the next match had no build, had uh, the smallest amount of build, um, that you could ever give a match. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen. Now, I say that, but it was a great match. It was hard hitting as fuck, man. These guys were beating the shit out of each other. From the opening bell. And. You know it was a great match. The only problem was that there was no real build up for it. I mean. I still can't remember why. Or when. I remember seeing them attack uh, Sting. I just can't remember exactly what was going on at that time. I can't. I I think this match. Like you said had no build. um, And it was a lot better. Than some of the other shit we saw. And. The match right before that, the one we just talked about, had a lot more build to it. Uh, mm. I don't know what kind of build that was or what they were trying to do there, but Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen was honestly, man, uh, it was probably the best match of the night. Uh, a sleeper match. Yeah. Uh, because it was just two guys going out there, doing their thing, beating the shit out of each other. Um and at the end, Kyle Riley gets the win. I thought Darby was going to win, but um, they're kind of pushing Kyle Riley a little bit, it feels like. Um, maybe Tony like- Khan has heard that talk about how Kyle Riley was finally, you know, broken off into him like a singles career, singles run uh, in NXT. 
And then he comes over here to play with all his friends, and <laughs> he just becomes another groupie, like he was. Well, I mean, the thing with um, Kyle Riley and Adam Cole is that um, when they were on the Indies, I believe they did the same storyline that they did in NXT. Like, before they went to NXT, like, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, they had, like, a falling out. They ended up having a match against each other. And I think Kyle O'Reilly ended up winning. Uh, he was the PWG heavyweight champion um, for a bit. Uh, but they did that kind of storyline out in the indies. And they just kind of brought it up to NXT when they came up. You know, they had that build with the industry there. And then they finally got the match against each other, which were great matches. Which I feel like they're going to build up to that again here in AEW. Because Kyle O'Reilly is a single star. He's been a single star before. It's not like he flopped being a single star. So. Well, he never uh, really got the chance. I yeah. felt. I mean, in NXT, you can say that, but not like in the Indies, he had his chances. That's what I'm saying. Like the storyline was there beforehand, but that's also something that you have like, again, with our other old conversation about, you know, bringing in some of these people that don't, know what happened in the Indies. If you don't know, then it's kind of, you don't understand the story and they don't really explain that in AEW sometimes. Sometimes there's more to the story that not everyone understands. But there is no story here. We're just talking about Kyle O'Reilly's career at this point. Um, but the match, great match. I liked it a lot. And you're right, it was a sleeper and it, it did well. And then we go to the next match was the AEW Women's World Championship match, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Uh, Thunder Rosa wins at a it was a great fucking match, dude. Just technical as fuck. Heavy hitting. The the way it should be. These 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 women were not holding back on anything. And you could feel it. They 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 wanted to steal the show. It's like something I felt like they wanted to steal the show. And it was a great match. Um definitely worth uh getting there at the ending. Um what do you think about this one? I thought it was solid. It was definitely better than uh, some of the other shit we saw. Um, <laughs> but it did what it was supposed to. I mean, uh, Thunder Rosa uh, got a nice win here. I would have liked a bit of a shock win by Serena D. I think that would have been interesting to see. But um, I know she'll get her time eventually. Um, yep. But Thunder Rosa definitely needed this win. Uh, I felt like she beat somebody credible. Yeah. Um, it beats beating somebody like Anna J. That it did nothing for Jade Cargill. Um, yeah. besides set her up for a future feud with um, Athena. But yeah, man. Uh, not much to say about it besides that it was a a good match and Thunder Rosa continues her her run here. As the AEW Women's World Champion. Yeah, and if I think back, um, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb kind of debuted on AEW at the same time. And I think uh, they had a match for the NWA Women's Championship, and Serena Deeb was the champion. And, oh, yeah. Um, and Thunder Rosa didn't beat her then. And I don't think Thunder Rosa ever beat her before this. Did they mention that in the buildup? Because that would have been. I don't think they did. I don't remember them see- seeing that. They did talk about how they were built up the same and stuff, or like, you know, uh, well, at least in the pa- video package that they were doing, but I don't think they brought up the fact that um, they wrestled each other in the beginning. I-, I don't remember if it was a pay-per-view or just a random Dynamite, but yeah. They had a match for the NWA Women's Championship, and Serena Deeps won. 
Um, so there's that match. Uh, good match, great match. Thunder Rosa, meta, the meta meta is great. Now uh, the next match. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I I if you're listening to this and you loved it, that's great. But the Anarchy in the Arena match was fucking terrible. Fucking terrible, man. With and I'm reading, I read in other articles that the fucking music playing was a nod at some ECW shit. I don't give a fuck, dude. That was that was trash. Just, I, you know, I, I love like all this, like what John Moxley does, the fucking death matches, the 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 exploding death match. I loved it up until the fucking finish. You know, I love that match. It's still a great match. The finish sucked. Um, the lights out match that he had with Kenny Omega, that was a fucking great match. The lights out match that he had with with Joey Janela in the very beginning, I like that match too. I I I fucking love hardcore wrestling, deathmatch wrestling. I love that shit. This though was fucking trash. It was just violence for the sake of violence. Like there was no no rhyme or reason. Like, the feud just started, like, two weeks ago. They just come in for Eddie Kingston, BCC, and I don't know. It, it, was, it was a fucking clusterfuck of shit. And, um, yeah, I think this all this did was just build up a new feud between Eddie Kingston and, and Brian Danielson with Moxley in the middle. So this, is, um, this was the biggest dud, the longest fucking dud. Man, I, I'd much rather have a fucking stadium stampede match than this shit. So, um, yeah, take it away, man. <laughs> the, man, um, unlike you who uh, loves these kind of matches, I do not. I used to, but when it's so overdone and done constantly, it, it just takes away from the special what what these matches are. And honestly, the, when it's done right, it's fucking great. But I only really enjoy when it's a one-on-one and there's been a build to it. And, and the story has gone on for a while. And it's like finally that ending, the payoff, right, of the whole rivalry. Um, because it's been so personal. But fuck, man. I don't even know what this was. Um it was. I knew it was going to be too mo- too many moving parts of five on five, and like you said, I would have rather fucking seen that bullshit of a match, that stampede match, um, than this shit. I don't know why they were playing the music the way that they were doing it, but it just made for it just made for like just this very bad start to this. I can't even find the words for this for this <laughs> dumpster fire that we saw. But the best shit in it, if there was any best thing in it, was when at the end, kind of where Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson was getting his offense in. Yeah, Brian Danielson is Brian fucking Danielson. Yes, sir. Best wrestler in the world. But man, just fuck. I, I I'm so disappointed. Uh, this is probably the biggest reason why this pay-per-view was what it was. And I and I blame Chris Jericho. I feel like this is all Chris Jericho right here. I blame Moxley for fucking 
encouraging this type of shit. And I am so disappointed in Brian Danielson for participating in this. And before they went out there or whenever they were going over this match, like if they even did, um, why didn't Brian Danielson just slap the shit out of all of them and say, we're not fucking doing this. This is fucking ridiculous. Um, I just, man, and William Regal, I did not see him there. But why didn't he step in, man? Or he fucking... God, man. I'm so fucking done with Jericho and his <laughs> other bullshit. And even Moxley, man. Like, I don't even yeah. want to say anything about Moxley right now. But go ahead. Yeah, it was a, it was a shit match. I, I'm, I'm seeing everywhere that everyone loved it. I, I just don't understand it. I'm seeing people rating it like A plus or four and, and a half stars. Eddie Kingston. Comes out with a fucking um, uh, fuck, uh, yeah, and like like he's about to light this fucking shit on fire. Like, no, you're not. There's <laughs> fucking people here. Like, <laughs> God, man. And then I think Brian Danielson just tried to stop him. Then they got they into fired. it, which ended up kind of costing them the match, and that's gonna set up something between them. Yep. But man, I just hate at this point now that. That they even put the combat club into this bullshit with Jericho yep. and Eddie Kingston and, and uh, the other two. But why did they take Brian Danielson, the the best heel in the business, the best wrestler in the business, the hottest shit going besides what Roman Reigns has been doing, uh, take him away from that, mm-hmm. have him lose to Paige, and put him into this position? Like fuck, man! I just, I just can't. Yeah, dude. I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's whatever with that match. Uh, y'all can like it if you like it. Everything's subjective, but fuck, dude! I thought it was trash. Uh, moving on. Uh, the next match uh of the night, which was like at this point, I'm like, man, how fucking long is this shit gonna be? Almost six hours of wrestling, bro. Insane. People complain about like all these AW fans complain about fucking WWE having six hour long shows, five hour long summer slams, but then this shit and they ain't gonna say nothing about it. They ain't gonna say nothing about it. But the next match after this is the AW Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Jungle Boy Luchasaurus versus Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Now this match if I wasn't so goddamn tired from the previous match, I would have enjoyed this match. But I feel like even fucking Jim Ross was tired at this point too, because I think he called someone a fucking idiot at one point. He called uh, he called a uh, fucking Ricky Starks a fucking idiot uh, when he was walking on the fucking ropes uh, during one of the spots. But um, ah man, these multi tag match matches are fucking weird. Uh, yeah, this match was what it was. You know, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus ended up winning. Uh, yeah. I it don't was and at, at at this point, so we just fucking watched that dumpster fire of a match, and we get to this match, which I could have given a fuck about more if, like you <laughs> said, we hadn't just watched what we watched. And if you were um fortunate for the people that were fortunate enough to you know, to turn, turn it the fuck off and miss the rest of this card. Um, 
this match was not bad at all. Uh, but like I said, we had just already watched what we did, and I didn't give a fuck. I I don't know why Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are still the champions. Um, Longest reigning tra- tra- transitional champions. And yeah, man, like, <laughs> when is the transition gonna happen? Because that's all they fucking are is transitional champions. And who did they take these titles off? Fucking Ray Lucha Phoenix Bros. and why? Probably because Ray Phoenix broke his arm in the middle of the match. He he broke it after, didn't he? No, he broke it in the middle of the match. Like, uh, he broke it. Uh, I think there was, like, a table spot or something. I think Luchasaurus threw him off, no? Like, he did, like, a powerbomb, and he, like, landed on his arm all fucking weird. I could be wrong. You could be right. It could have been after the after the fact. But, um... I, I don't even know, man, but it needs to stop. And if, yep. if only FTR were still kind of, like, heels, because they're more like baby faces now, yep. that would make sense to take it off of them, because... They already have all the, all this other goat, but whatever. So we had to get through this match to get to the main event. Yes. And the main event was Hangman Adam Page defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship against CM Punk. Um, now, this was a great match. Again, if I wasn't so fucking tired from that fucking anarchy match, I'd have been a lot more excited for this match. But... It, it it was a great it was a great match. I saw it. I knew it was. It had a great story in it. Um, going on, going back and forth, back and forth. Um, Hangman looking like he was gonna turn heel for a little bit, which cost him the match at the end. CM Punk wins. Now we have a new champion um, in CM Punk. I feel it's a little uh, too little, too late. I think everything is timing. Actually, um, go ahead and, and, and tell. Let me know what, what you had about this match. I, I want to talk about timing after this. Um, I think this match was, I, I just hate because I'm a big CM Punk fan. And surprisingly enough, I was wearing a Hangman Adam Page shirt yesterday, but, um, I was, I was actually wearing one while we were watching the show and man, uh, I fucking hate how this pay-per-view ruined possibly my favorite moment which probably would have been my favorite moment AEW's ever done just because CM Punk won the title and I'm such a fucking mark for CM Punk. But (laughs) fuck you, Tony Khan, for (laughs) putting so many fucking matches on it and the ones you did were just complete of a shit show. And we'll talk about it in a little bit as far as the pay-per-view as a whole, but it finally needed to happen. And I know you're going to talk about it here also as far as timing. Maybe it should have happened before. But to me, I'm okay with it because it was a build. CM Punk's build to the championship. And based on what AEW has said, they don't want just anybody coming in. Even if you're CM fucking Punk or Brian fucking Danielson, you can't just come into our company, take our title, win the title without beating anybody you have to work for it, build for it, all this other bullshit with the rankings and the records, which is adds bullshit. nothing to the product uh, besides confuse the fuck out of everybody. Because um, yeah. everyone has all these matches on Dark that you don't see. Yeah, and then, like, for example, Jay Lethal has all these wins, apparently, that we've never seen. And then when he's on national TV, he doesn't fucking win, and he looks like a jackass. So, CM Punk 
needed to be the champion. You could argue when they should have done it or whatever, but it doesn't matter because he's the champion now. They can start new, go from here, but I don't expect them to fix anything that they're doing wrong, which because Tony Khan wants to give everybody, you know, their fucking uh, time on the pay-per-view. Everyone wants to get a spotlight, all this other bullshit. No, man, if you're the shits, if your storyline hasn't been as good as some of these other people, you don't deserve to be on the show. And I'm just glad CM Punk is the champion now. And Hangman Adam Page can build himself back up and maybe be credible the next time he gets this uh, go around at the at the championship. But um, yeah, man, good match. If you just watched that match alone, it was a great match. Yeah, and uh, let me see this here. So, when I was talking about timing a little while ago, was what I wanted to talk about here. Um, Adam Page was in the title hunt when Kenny Omega was champion a little over a year ago, right? More or less. Yeah. And um, I'm seeing, I'm reading a report saying that this was always the plan, but he had taken time off. Um, to go have his his firstborn uh, child. Now, I'm thinking here. You know, imagine if Adam Page had won it at that time when a lot of people were speculating he was supposed to win it. Um, now if he had done that, he has a good little run, has the run he's supposed to have. Then you have guys like CM Punk and Dan- uh, Brian Danielson come in, and if Adam Page was champion from that time, which was before um, Christian had his title match against Kenny Omega, I think. Could be wrong. Um, I mean, you have a a really great time period that Adam Page is champion, and the perfect time for Punk or Brian to fucking win the championship. Because uh, I don't, I, I don't give, I don't get this shit. Because they could have capitalized on CM Punk winning the championship a lot sooner. He didn't need. The, the big feud with with uh, Darby Allen. He didn't need the feud with Eddie Kingston, which was a great feud, but I felt like that one... Actually, I felt like that feud was a little too short. There's only one run, which was great build-up to that one match, but I felt like they could have gone a little longer with that one. But well, um, The thing with Darby was just a one-off, though. Yeah, but it was his build-up from the beginning. You know what I mean? And that could have that been great for his first match, but there are all these other little things that happened after... Like, I would have much rather have replaced them with CM Punk winning the championship then because it would have been a bigger fucking deal, like capitalizing on his peak. Because I think at that point was at his hottest. Now he's, he's still hot, just not as hot as he was when he first debuted. You know what I mean? Well, so, let's, let's not get it twisted. CM Punk is the most over guy they have. Uh, okay. In terms of wrestling ability, it's it's Brian Danielson, but uh, but he's doing all this bullshit uh, that he's been doing. But um, CM Punk is the most over guy they have. Who do they have that is more over than CM Punk? Okay, that's great that he's the most over guy. He's been the most over guy since he joined. So why not put the title on the most over guy as soon as possible? Because then imagine if if CM Punk had that AW Championship when he had that feud with Eddie Kingston. That would have added a little bit more bite to that one too. 
And then what it added a little bit. Realize, you do realize that when he entered, uh, when he came in, Kenny Omega was still going to be the champion for another uh, fucking two months or two to three months after that. Um, it, Punk, there was no way Punk was going to beat Omega. I'm not saying that, um, dude. You're not listening. <laughs> I said, what if Adam Page had won it earlier? Okay. See, not so at the time. So what when CM Punk was do with Punk, though. Oh my God! So if Adam Page had won the championship earlier, he would have had a longer run by the time that CM Punk actually made his debut. So when CM Punk made his debut, Adam Page had a nice little little run with the title, and CM Punk could have taken it off of him earlier. Nothing would have been said about Adam Page because he had a nice little run. Then CM Punk would have taken it off of him and then had his run earlier than what it is now. I'm not saying that it, that he should have taken it off of Omega. I don't, at that point, Omega was really hot. I'm saying that if Adam Page, that's why timing is everything. So the timing with Adam Page winning the championship later on kind of fucked with the timing of CM Punk winning a championship because they didn't want to take it off of Adam Page so long. Because like you say, AEW wants to have these long title reigns, except for with FTR. With their title reign with the tag team titles. You can give a fuck about FTR, apparently. But that's what I'm saying. If Adam Page had won it earlier, I feel like CM Punk could have won it earlier. And then had all these different feuds with all these different people with the championship belt on the line, making it a little bit more, you know, heated. Imagine his, him and MGF having their feud with the title on the line as well. Or, like I said, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk having their feud with the title belt on the line. It would have just made it a little hotter. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. And I'm okay with him having won the title when he did now. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he could have won it before. Or, or he could have won it on his first night uh, in the company. Because he's CM fucking Punk. And he's going <laughs> to make it fucking work. And he's a lot more credible uh, than all these other guys they have. So it would have worked. Yes, it would have worked. But now... Uh, he wins it at what I think they think this is their biggest pay-per-view of the year, um, even though it was a shit show. But <laughs> he wins it and just in time for Forbidden Door, which I'm sure he's going to represent AEW as the champion there. Uh, and it's in Chicago. And then eventually their next big pay-per-view will be All Out, which is always in Chicago. So. Um, it works fine for me. Page got his lengthy run already. Um, you can argue about whether if it was a good run or not, but the the point is CM <laughs> Punk is the AEW world champion. He's just as over now as he was when he came in. Um because he's the best thing they have right now. Yeah, I, I don't doubt I'm not doubting that. Uh, CM Punk is the best thing that they have right now. Um, I just feel it's a little t- uh, too little too late um, to capitalize perfectly on it. Um, but he's going to be champion right now. We'll see how his run goes. Um, I'm sure it's going to be great. Just to see who his, who's his next opponent. Who's going to be the next feud. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, but all in all, this show just shows how overbloated their talent roster is. It's just too many fucking wrestlers. 
too many fucking stars. Um, and it's like Tony Khan just wanted to fit everybody in it. It's not, not everyone can be in a pay-per-view. Not everyone deserves to be in a pay-per-view. It's just there should be people who are on it and people who are not. You would TV- think- Go ahead. You would think that um, having too much talent would be a good thing. It's probably the best problem you could have, but all he's doing is collecting names, collecting his new toys that he can play with, and then he doesn't know how to put them together or I don't even know, man. Yeah, it's just too many. There, there could have been so many matches thrown out of this one. We didn't need the TBS championship match. They could have just continued this feud on, on Wednesday night. She could have been the main event of Dynamite. Who gives a shit, right? CM Punk could start off the fucking night. But she could have been the main event of Dynamite against Anna Jay if they really wanted her to have a big match. Main events are big matches. Um, let me look at the match. We did not need the freaking triple, the trios match. The trios mixed tag match. That wasn't needed at all. Um... I'm trying to look through more of them. The Dan Hazel one was not that fucking other Dude, show. Honestly, they would have just done the Punk match, which is the main event. If they would have done the Triple Threat Tornado Tag match uh, for the tag titles. If they would have done the Women's World Championship match uh, with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deep. The Kyle Riley Darby Allen match. No, that, no. They didn't need that match. That was like slow, like, that was a horrible build. But the, it doesn't matter, though. The match was better than all these other matches that we saw. If you're building a, a, a card of six or seven matches, you got to throw that one in there based on what you have to pick from here. That's I mean, matches already. You're basing it off of like what we've already seen. Like Imagine if you're, you're, you don't know what's going to happen, and you're building off the card from the storylines that you've already placed ahead, ahead for that match, for that pay-per-view. The Darby Allen one, it was a great match. But it's a sleeper match. That one could have gone. The other ones that they actually build up, like like I would just say, out of your list, that was the one. That's the one I don't. But go ahead and continue. I, I shouldn't have interrupted. I should let you finish and then tell you. <laughs> oh, so that's four matches, and then okay. the the two fucking Owen Hart finals. Um, mm-hmm. Even though the Ruby Soho match wasn't all that great, and then the trios match uh, with the House of Black, and. MJF and Warlow. That's fucking eight matches right there that you could have, and you could probably switch in between, like maybe if you'd like to take out Darby's match and put the Young Bucks match for what it for what it was. But um, all this other shit was so unnecessary. Um, and I felt like if you gave us a seven or eight match card, we're not, you know, we're feeling a lot different about this pay per view than what we are right now. Yes, eight would have been great. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's the only one. The Darby Allen one, I would, I would say, take that one out. Yeah, you put in the Young Bucks and the Hardys because that had somewhat of a a build, but that would that on paper, like I said, looks good. I'm, I'm not. You can't tell if a match is going to be bad when you have great talent in there. That's a, it's just a horrible accident. But that's, it's. There were just too many fucking matches. A lot of these matches could have just been done on a fucking dynamite and finished off their storyline. I mean, they don't have fucking pay-per-views all the time. So they finished off storylines on fucking regular shows all the damn time. On free fucking TV. 
So another thing that happened really quick was that fucking Andrade thing with um. Oh yeah. That's I, I I'm reading that that's actually not Bandito. Um, it's another guy named Rush who was a former world. A Ring of Honor World Champion and previously a part of Los Ingobernables faction. I believe, I believe Tutsio Naito or whatever you, whatever his name is, Naito, he was in that faction too, apparently, or something like that. Yeah, I think he he still kind of is. The New Japan factions are fucking crazy convoluted. (laughs) Like, like uh, I don't know, I can't even explain their factions, but um. Yeah, I knew he was the the he was the previous Ring of Honor champion before um before the newest one. I, mm-hmm. I want to say, um, but I I didn't know his name. I knew he was the Ring of Honor champion, and when you said Bandito, I was like, oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> it was like if that was who the Ring of Honor champion was. Yeah, that that's who it was. So that's that's who I thought it was, and oh, it's kind of looked looked like him but um but yeah uh i can see them doing some kind of thing with naito at the forbidden door which we'll talk about in uh future Ooh. episodes some more but um yeah man this show though was um the worst they've ever done for a couple of reasons and mm. i'm gonna name, if i had to name three reasons and i'll ask you for your three reasons of why this show was shit <laughs> the matches there was too many matches uh, two. That Chris Jericho. I'm just gonna say Chris Jericho. Uh, and the third match is it just, man, it just went on like this is kind of like the first reason, but it just went on for so long, and I was just not happy with the main event as I should have been. Uh, I was happy that Punk won, but. Basically, it went on so long that it ruined the main event for me, and that's the third reason why uh, this this fucking show was shit. What about you? Might be the same reasons. Yeah, the first two reasons I'll say the same. You know, the, the, too many matches, too long. The anarchy in the arena match was just trash. It kind of zapped me of everything for like the ending main events and stuff. Um, the third thing I would say is just the build up to a lot of these matches. Because, yeah, you can have a long-ass card, and it can be a really good card if the matches were built up and they made a lot more sense. Like, the Scorpio Sky, the, that trio's mixed tag match, I was so fucking weird. Like, to have Kazarian in the face with with Sammy, who's a heel but says he's a face, like, he's just straight up a heel. But it, it even got the crowd there confused. They weren't even really loud for that match. It was fucking weird. And... And even the Hardy Boys and Young Bucks, like their their match name on there, is good enough to just be put on there. But even their build up to the match was like, eh. A lot of it too was building up on like the YouTube shows. So or like the Matt and Jeff or Matt and uh, Matt and Jeff, uh, Matt and Nick's YouTube channel, like the Being the Elite or whatever the fuck. So. It was just weird. It, it, like a lot of the buildups just didn't really make any sense. The Darby Allen one is the big one. It was, even though the Darby Allen match was a great match, I didn't really look forward to it too much because it was just like, well, this is just going to be another great match. There's not really any consequences for whoever wins, whoever loses. Loses. 
So, yeah, those are my three reasons, man. And and the worst thing of it all was that, um, a lot of people seem to like the show for whatever fucking reason, and or they're 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 fucking blind, or they refuse to believe that this company that they so hoped would be, um, you know, an alternative, which it is, but better than WWE. Um, they seem to like this show. And that's only going to that's only going to encourage Tony Khan to keep doing this and not really change much. Um, so I'm just fucking over it. I'm actually getting pissed off just talking about this pay per view because it was <laughs> so disappointing. So I think we should just close this because fuck fuck this pay per view. Yeah, it was a it was a bad show. Maybe dis- disappointed that I even purchased it. Um, looking forward to the rest to to Dynamite though. I want to see where. Where a lot of things head. I'm really excited to see newer things that we can leave on this pay-per-view. So, yeah. Hope y'all enjoyed it, though. If you're listening to this and you enjoyed it, you know, that's great. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Because it's better than not enjoying something. Purchasing something and not enjoying it. You know? Uh, so, leave us your thoughts. Follow us on Twitter, at Let's Wrestle Pod. Um, you can click on our link tree in our bio, which will show you different ways to listen to our podcast and, uh, leave us a review, you know, let us know how we're doing. Give us a five star review. If you think we deserve that. Um, yeah. So we'll see you next time on let's wrestle. So this was wrestle me with Nico and Dan. See you later. Peace.